Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Morning, Lifehouse. Morning. Turn to somebody telling me it is good to see you at God's house this morning. You got you to say good. Got to get drag it out a little bit. It's good to see you at God's house. I want to take a moment and pray. Um, you can hear a little bit in my voice. I was um, not well earlier this week. Feel great now. My voice is just recovering. But there are a bunch of people out uh, this morning um, due to illness. And I mean a bunch. Probably more than I've heard in a long time at our church. And I know, too, uh, we got two calls this morning alone that people are on their way to urgent care. Uh, the, just this morning alone. And it's been kind of that all week long with people sick and afflicted. And I, I know this. Um, some, some of you, uh, and I've talked with some of you this morning, some of you are like, man, we've been battling it for two weeks, right? You get sick and then it comes back and then there's these different things. And I know this, God can strengthen and God can heal. And um, we need uh, not just a good day's rest, but we need God's supernatural hand to just kind of raise people up and um, touch them right now. So let's, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. And we're going to go before the throne room of grace. And we're going to pray for those. And if you're listening online, some of you might be in the same place right now. Some of you, some of our families listening right now online. And we just want to pray over them uh, as they recuperate. And we're just trusting God to raise people up and to heal and to touch. So, Father, we come to you today. God, we, we come as a body of believers. And, Lord God, we uh, join in across this nation, Lord God, and across people across the world, Lord, who are serving you. But, God, we're calling on you right now for strength. We're calling on you right now for healing in our ranks. And Lord, I've got, there are so many who are sick and afflicted and God, so many that have been struggling for weeks with different illnesses. And Lord, God, I pray right now that you would just raise them up, that you would strengthen them. God, I'm one of them. So Lord, I pray you just touch and minister and right now, God, restore. And Lord, we just give you glory. We give you praise and we give you honor. We come praying to prayer of faith this morning together in Jesus' name and amen. 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 You may be seated. Listen, never forget the power of prayer and, and praying for somebody beside you and somebody that you know is sick. Uh, listen, it doesn't take some kind of, you don't got to have some kind of special gifting on your life. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to read the Bible through 14 times. All you got to do is have faith and just pray. And perhaps, right, if you pray by faith and you trust that God's going to touch someone, God might just heal them. And it might be a quick recovery, it might be instantaneous, it might be over time, but we see it over and over again at the house of the Lord. And matter of fact, last week I heard a testimony, we're still trying to work out getting that videoed, and we want to bring that to you uh, as soon as we get that completed, but we want you to hear about healings that are taking place, and God's moving, He's ministering, it's not just on the college campuses, right? We can't let them have all the fun. Um, we're just going to trust uh, God in, uh, with us as well. And I'm thrilled that God's moving on campuses. I hope that just sweeps the nation, um, just goes across every college campus and university uh, that's out there. But this morning, uh, I want to continue on with this messy series called Lovey Dovey. Man, guys, we made it past Valentine's Day. Amen. Yeah, that's the first amen I got. I was talking about that. All right, I hope you did well. I hope, I hope you're not getting an elbow in the ribs right now. I hope you did something that, that was nice for the one that you love. Uh, I can't tell by looking at you if you're in trouble or not, so just keep staring straight ahead, all right? Don't flinch. Don't do anything. But we're nearing the end of this message series uh, called Lovey Dovey, and we have been laser-focused on the definition of love. 
What is the definition of love? What is our definition of love? And what is God's definition of love? And for the first two weeks, we gave you an index card. We told you on one side, put your definition of love. And then on the back side, as I preach through these messages, start writing down, what is God's definition of love? And then compare the two. Do they look alike, right? Uh, they should. Uh, they may or may not. Uh, I'm not sure mine would have completely looked like what, what I would have ended up with after I preached these messages, right? But, it, you know, should our definition of love look like God's definition of love? And the answer to that is absolutely yes, right? We want to conform to the image of Christ. We're not trying to get Christ to conform to our image. We want to know how he loves. We want to know how he does this and how he relates so we learn from him. So I hope you're catching over the last couple of weeks and as we're nearing the end of this, you're catching some more about what is the definition of love. And along the way, in the, in the first, actually in the very first message I was that was preached, we, we talk about there's an order to God's love. Now, I'm going to see if you remember this or not. If you got it, get your note card out, right? Um, there's an order to love. We got to love God what? Yeah, first. And we love people what? Right. We love God first. We love people second. Three of you got it. All right, start writing. We love God first. We love people second. And then chocolate falls somewhere underneath all that. I don't know where, all right? You, you, can, you can make that one up wherever you are. But in God's word, we love God first. We love people second. And it's really a rhythm for love in Scripture. And it's been a rhythm all through the messages that have been preached. And I'm going to stick with that rhythm this morning. Now, I want to get ready to give you the word of God. We're going to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. I hope you brought your Bibles. I've been encouraging that. Started that last week. I hope you bring your Bibles, your electronic device. And the reason for that is because sometimes you want to write, right? You want to write things down when God's speaking to you. Sometimes you need to underline things. It's a good thing if you bring your Bible. I brought mine. This is my study Bible. I use it at home all the time. And I got paper clips and all kind of stuff wrote through it. Um, but bring that along with you. And we want to get ready to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. And I want to pray over the word. You ready? Father, we thank you for this day. God, your word is quick and it is powerful. And God, it is sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, it really does speak to us. God, it opens us up. So Lord, this morning, I pray that your word would be a source of life for us and light. And God, that we would just follow you in love. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Romans eight thirty-one, It says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We love God because he loved us first and best. Amen? Turn to somebody, tell them that. We love God 
Because he loved us first and he loved us best. <coughs> we need to get our head around the idea that nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Nothing at all. Life or death can't. The Word of God says that neither angels, right, or principalities or powers. And, and you got to stop and think about that for a minute. That can't separate us from the love of God. When you start thinking about angels and you start thinking about principalities and you start thinking about rulers, we're talking about things that are not just on this planet, but talking about things from another planet. I get people sometimes ask me, do you believe in aliens? Anybody ever ask you that? Do you believe in aliens? I'm like, absolutely. There's all kinds of things that aren't from this world. God is outside of this world, right? And, and there are things, there is nothing. It doesn't matter what universe you go to. It doesn't matter what world you land in. It doesn't matter how far you go, man. You can, you can get on a starship enterprise and sail through the stars. You're not going to come to a place where you, God's love is separate from you. You can't. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth. Not any created thing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There is virtually nothing that can come between us and the love of God who is in Christ Jesus. If we are in him and we are saved and he is in us, if the Holy Spirit is in us, if we are justified in him, then there's no other who can condemn us. That's what this scripture is saying. If God is for us, who can what? Right. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Word of God says this, interceding for us at all times, 24-7. He's there for you. He's speaking to the Father about your needs, the things you're praying about. Verse 32 says that the Father delivered up his own Son for us and freely gives us all things. Think about that for a second. In all the mess going on around all the world, the Word of God says that we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. You should have said a big old amen right there. That was your big chance, right? He loved us first, and he certainly loved us best. And what do I bring to this relationship? Well, not a whole lot on my end. But God brings so much. He comes, and he raises us up. And while that's good preaching, right, good amen kind of material, I'm not sure we always live like we're more than conquerors in Christ. Uh, you know, sometimes in this relationship, I don't live all that way. I don't know if you've ever pouted any. Come on, raise your hand if you've ever pouted. <coughs> How many of you pouted this week? All right, thank you for the four or five honest people, right? All right, you pouted this week. My dog pouts. My dog even pouts. I got a, a Bernadette, she'll lay down right on the floor and just pout. It doesn't get her own way, right? My grandchildren will pout. They'll cross their arms like this. They'll stick out their lip, right? And they'll pout if they don't get their own way. And don't we do that sometimes as Christians? You know, we, we don't do it. I know we don't do it maybe physically, but we'll do it spiritually in our own hearts and minds. We'll start pouting to God. And, and, and instead of living like we're more than conquerors, we'll start whining and complaining. Sometimes I'll play the victim, right, when I really don't have anything to be a victim about. And, and I'll just start doing these things. And, and I know it's going to sound a little bit crazy, but one of the ways <clears throat> that we love God is to live more than, like more than a conqueror. One of the ways you love God, listen to this, one of the ways that you love God is to live like you are more than a conqueror in Christ. I think God smiles. I really do. I think when we walk in who we really are, 
as children of the Most High, when we realize the things that he just said, even in the scripture I just read, and when we start to walk in it, I think he just smiles. I think he gets joy. When, when you just kind of walk along, like, you know what? I'm not anything in myself, but I got confidence just oozing out of me everywhere, right? And I just walk like I'm more than a conqueror. I, I go as far to say that we show faith in God when we walk and live like we're conquerors in Christ. It's true. L- last week, many of us watched the Super Bowl, right? Um, Philadelphia Eagles played the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs won um, uh, what many think is a questionable call, but they won, all right? They won the game. Now, wouldn't it be super interesting if Kansas City would have won, and, and the game ends, right? And they win the game, and, and the players just go, oh. You know, some of them would just lay down in the field, or maybe they would just grab their helmets and walk off the field. How dishonoring would that be to the fans, to the coaches, to the owners? You know, that they would not live like they're more than conquerors. This was, that's ludicrous, right? It was the Super Bowl. It's the big game. It's what they live for. It's what they breathe. It's what they train for all year long. And when they won, they went nuts, all right? Grown men, huge grown men, grab each other, hug each other, and cry, okay? (laughs) They do. They dump stuff on each other's heads, all right? They go wild. They scream like little girls, jumping up and down, right? Grown men. And it's because they're more than conquerors, right? Well, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, won the big game. He went to the cross. He paid the price. It's already done. And he said, you're more than conquerors. You're on the team. If you're saved, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you already made the team. You're, you're with him. You're in Christ, and Christ is in you. And you are more than a conqueror in Christ. Do you know that? So he says, live like it. Walk like it. I know it's going to be tough out in the field. I know you're going to have some days, it's going to be some bad plays, right? There's some days you're going to get drilled into the ground. You're going to get beat up, even injured sometimes. But we are more than conquerors in Christ. And I think God sees it as us loving him when we walk like that. When we step out each day and say, yeah, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ, in you. Not on my own, but in you. I'm more than a conqueror and I'm going to live like it today. I'm going to walk like it today. I'm going to stand in it today. Whether I got sick, right? Whether I got a little frog in my voice, whether I'm coughing a little bit, whether it's difficult today, whatever it is, I'm going to live more than a conqueror in you. Man, he has, he has put the, the, the ribbon in your hand, the trophy in your hand, and for you NASCAR fans, he just drove you into victory reign, all right? You were out there doing donuts in your car, all right? Some of you, how many watch NASCAR? Some of you are like, what's he even talking about? All right? But you've won. You're more than a conqueror. God loved you first, and he loved you best. And he said, I made you more than a conqueror in the game of life. So walk like that. One of the ways that we love God is to walk in his fullness, to walk like a conqueror. Really. Jesus uh, is looking for people to live like this. He really is. I, I, I think about the Apostle Paul. You know, uh, I believe Paul lived like that. You, you read about the Apostle Paul in Scripture, it's amazing what he was through. I mean, this guy was stoned. He was thrown out of cities. He was beaten with rods. And he's one of those guys like, okay, go ahead, knock me down, right? He gets stoned. They pray over him. He just gets up, right? God heals him, and he goes and preaches again. He just goes right back into the city again. 
He gets beat with rods. And all right, I'll heal up. And he goes, he lived like more than a conqueror. They threw him into prison and he started getting the prisoners saved, right? He just more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors. If you're going to love God, one of the ways that you love God, and this probably wasn't on your card, probably wasn't in your notes, but one of the ways you love God is to live more than, like more than a conqueror. I think Jesus stands up there and smiles. He says, yep, that's one of mine. Look, look, look what he's doing. He knows who he is in me. She is in me. Amen? It's true. It's true. It's the rhythm in God's word. It's the rhythm of love in God's word. Love God. Love what? Love God, love people, all right? So let's talk about loving people. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, you can flip over there. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus turned to him and said, why do you call me good? Jesus asked, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and your mother, right? He's going over the Ten Commandments. Teacher of the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Catch that phrase, all right? Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But he was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I want you to get the scene in your mind. I want you to see it. Sometimes, even when you read God's word, or you hear God's word, sometimes you just even need to close your eyes just to picture this. A man runs up to Jesus, and he asks him a very sincere question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What do I got to do to make it into heaven? What do I got to do, Lord, to, to, to be benefit, right, to be more than a conqueror, to be with you. And Jesus said, he turns to this guy and he says, well, you know all the commandments, right? Uh, You must not murder. He starts naming them off. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. And this guy, here's what he's saying. And the man replies, hey, I've obeyed all these since I was a kid. I've grown up obeying these. And Jesus looks at this guy and feels genuine love for him. That's what the word of God says, right? That's what the Bible says right here. Genuine love. And Jesus hits this man with the truth. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. And the man walks away from Jesus because he had great possession. Love tells the truth. Love tells the truth. It does. Even if it hurts, even if it's not what the person wants to hear, right? even if they may or not respond well, even if it puts a strain on the relationship. And sometimes you got to ask yourself, right? If it puts a strain on a relationship, was it really a relationship in the first place, right? If you can't speak truth to someone and it's, amen, come on, it's, it's true, all right? Love tells the truth. If we let someone live in the delusion that everything in their life, right, is okay when it isn't, do we love them? If, if you're willing to let me crash and burn in my dysfunction or my current trajectory in life, do you really care or love for me? And the vice versa is that is true. Like, if I'm willing to let you, I guess I got to ask the question in reverse, right? 
if I'm willing to let you crash and burn in your current trajectory, if it's, if it's off base, if it's in sin, if it's in a place that you're going to crash, do I really love you? We need to speak the truth in love. That's what Jesus did with his man. It says Jesus looked at this guy with love, right? I, I remember clearly um, someone speaking the truth to me um, that kind of hit me right here. And I, I've shared this story previously, and I don't know if in this kind of detail, but um, when I was in 10th grade, and I, I spent 10th and 11th and 12th grade uh, going to Johnstown Votech, Johnstown Bar- Vocational uh, School, and I remember going into 10th grade about that time. I, I started listening to music probably 8th, 9th grade, somewhere in there, really liking music, and I remember um, I had John Denver's, <laughs> okay? I had, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I remember John Denver. I had John Denver, and I used to listen to him, right? I put the old record player on, and I'm listening, and I always thought, man, I'd be cool if I could play guitar. You know, so I got a guitar, and I started learning a couple chords, and I never sang in front of anybody. I was just singing on my own, and, and I thought, you know what? I can hang with John, all right? I'm doing okay, all right? I can hang with John. How many know you can, you can just tell yourself anything when it's just you, right? And, you know, and I'm just, and I couldn't play like him, but I could, you know, I'm thinking, I can hang with John. And, and so 10th grade, I'm going to this new school. I actually transferred to, to this vocational school. And, and um, I'm going to this new school, and, and we're picking out classes, and there's choir, and it's like easy credits. And I thought, that's a piece of cake, right? Stand in amongst 100 people, act like you're singing, and good to go, right? Get some credits. So I signed up. Well, what I did not realize was that Mr. Napolitan, who was the, t- the music teacher uh, at that school, he made you try out solo, all right? Once you signed up, you had to stand. He played, and you sang, all right? So I'm like, oh, man, I didn't sign up for this. And, and I go in, and he's sitting at the piano, and he, you got to walk up there, and he plays a little something. He said, now I want you to sing that. And I'm like, all right. So I sing it, all right? So I sing it out. I belt it out the best I can. And he says, and he looks straight at me. Never met him before in my life. Looks straight at me. He goes, well, he says, you have a good voice, but you're never going to be a soloist. You know, just stab me right there. But I'm like, John, you know, <laughs> you don't understand. And, I, and he's like, next, you know, the next, next student had to come in. And I walked away, you know, and I stayed in choir for two years. And, and I didn't appreciate the comment from him. And, and maybe it wasn't the nicest way to put it. But the reality was he, what he said was true. I'm never going to be a soloist. And, you know, and one of the things that him telling me the truth was I could have spent the next couple of years of my life playing guitar, and convinced that I was going to be the next John Denver, right? I was going to sing, and people were going to just melt, you know, and they want to, you know, some record company label is going to call me up and want to, you know, I could have lived in that delusion for the next couple of years, but he told me the truth, and he was right. He was great at music, and a matter of fact, I went on, I, I did choir for two years, and I remember going into choir and standing beside some people that really could sing. Um, there were some amazing students in there that could sing. And I realized that's not what God has for me, right? Someone spoke the truth to me. I know it hurt a little bit, stabbed me some, right? He didn't know me personally. So it really wasn't a lot of relationship, I guess, that he had, uh, you know, to, to risk there. But he spoke the truth to me. Jesus tactfully confronts this man and confronts him about the problem he has with wealth. He hits him squarely with the truth. He's looking at this man, and the word of God says he genuinely felt love for him, but he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. That truth, what was the truth that Jesus was confronting in him? This guy loved his stuff 
more than he loved God and more than he loved people. He loved his stuff. He, he said, you're really good at keeping the rules, right? You're great with the rules, but there's a problem. There's a problem in your heart. It's hidden under the surface. Do you know that God cares what your heart treasures? He really does. Matthew 6, 19 says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth uh, eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. What does your heart desire? Goods or God? That's what he was asking him, right? Do you own your possessions or do your possessions own you? Is my net worth in the kingdom of God or is it in the kingdom that's right here and now with me, right? And you got to understand something. Jesus wasn't bashing riches here um, or wealth. There are plenty of people in the word of God that were very wealthy, righteous individuals. As a matter of fact, God blessed some of them and made them wealthy. You can read that in the Old Testament. Um, and God did that because he knew their heart. Their heart's desire, these wealthy individuals, was not on the stuff, right? It, it wasn't goods over God. It, it was God over goods. So they knew that whatever God blessed them with, they were just simply stewards. That God gave it to them to, to bless others and to steward, and God just keeps giving more, and, and, and they steward out more. They knew that, but this man did not. And Jesus loves this guy enough to confront him with the truth because this guy did not understand the kingdom. He didn't get it. He didn't get Matthew 13, 44 that says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Matthew 13, 45 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and he bought it. This guy was not interested in selling out to Christ. And I don't know, I can't tell you what Jesus would have done, uh, you know, if, if this guy would have just d followed what he said. I don't know if God would just, you know, maybe Jesus would have re-blessed him again with twice as much and said, listen, I, you can go steward that. Maybe he wouldn't have, I don't know. This guy, listen, Jesus told him to go sell his stuff and come follow me. He might have been one of the 12 disciples. Do you understand what he walked away from? The son of God said, go get rid of your junk and follow me. And can you imagine what his life might have been. And he walked away with his head down. Jesus confronted him with the truth. And he missed out. He did. And, you know, even Peter one day was talking to Jesus and, and, and said, you know, well, God, Jesus, I gave up everything for you. And, and listen to what Jesus says to Peter. In Mark 10, 28, he says this. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. This is Peter talking to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said, As surely I say to you, there is not no one who has left house, brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now and this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. You know what Jesus was telling? This rich guy had it all backwards. He's grabbing for all he can, right? Sticking it in a can and sitting on the can, right? Grabbing everything he can get and hoping he'll have something. And Jesus says, give it all away and I'll pour it all back on top of you. I'll give you more than you can even believe and dream. In this life or in the next, along with persecutions, right? Comes along with it. That's what he says. 
Love tells people the truth. If you love people, you'll tell them the truth. You'll do it in a loving manner, right? Jesus did not hit this guy right between the eyes. He wasn't trying to harm this guy. He was trying to help him. But you tell them the truth. You speak the truth in love. And I know that's hard sometimes. I know that's difficult. I know sometimes, right? Because the reason we wrestle with that, right? Because we always believe that, ah, the relationship's on the line here. If I speak truth, what's going to happen to the relationship? And none of us want to let go of the relationship. But the reality is, if we love them, we start to speak truth to them. We find ways to do it. And I love how Jesus did it with this, this rich man. I'm going to leave you with one final thought on, on love is telling the truth. And, and this is kind of my third point, but to ignore truth can cause us to come into judgment. To ignore the truth can cause us to come into judgment. I know this isn't a word that's popular these days. Uh, I know judgment, uh, most people are, uh, look at that in a very negative context, right? Um, that we shouldn't talk about judgment. Uh, it's, a word, it's a word that the world does not embrace in any kind of way. But I'm not here to teach you what the world embraces. I'm here to teach you what God embraces. And judgment is in God's word. And there's two kinds of judgment. Uh, if you want to know what's going to happen someday in the future, what's going to happen one day at judgment time, there are two judgments that are going to take place. One's the Bema Seat judgment, and that's for the God's chosen, that's for the righteous, that's for those who are saved, who are following Christ now. Uh, it talks about the Bema Seat. Uh, it's actually labeled that. It's called that. That's what we call it. And then there's one that's li literally called this in the, in the scripture, is the Great White Throne judgment. And the Great White Throne judgment is for those who reject God. And the Bema Seat judgment is a time where the believers will come before God, and there's a lot of debate on the timing of when that judgment's going to take place. I'm not going to get into all that. But there's a time when we'll come before God, and, and this isn't a judgment to condemn anything in us. It's not to condemn us because we're saved by grace, right? Through faith in Christ. So it's a gift of God. We don't earn it. And, and my access to heaven is through Jesus Christ. I, there's nothing I can do to earn that. That's a gift of God. But what's going to happen when at the Bema Seat is when we come into that judgment, it's a judgment for reward. So literally we'll come before God and the things that we do for God will be tried by fire. That's kind of a, a, a symbolic in nature that God will check the motives of our heart. Remember I said God cares about what you treasure in your heart and, and he's going to check our heart and he's going to say, hey, what motive did you do that? The message I'm preaching this morning He's going to test that and see what my motive was. If it was for you just to see me up here, guess what? No reward for that. Amen? My reward's right here now. That's it. But if I do it for the right motives, then God issues a reward. That's up to God. That's how he works it. So your access to heaven is a gift of God. You're going to be in heaven, but God literally gives rewards. It's all through scripture. I could walk you through that. We don't got time for that. It's amazing. You should thank God for that, honestly. It's an incredible thing. So it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But there's also another judgment that's going to take place, and it's called the white throne judgment. And that's in Revelation 20:11. And this is at the end of the age. This is at the end of time. And it says this, Then I saw a great white throne uh, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his own works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Why am I saying this? Why am I talking about the two judgments? Because not telling somebody the truth about what God is doing and what God has done and how he can save us and how he can keep us from judgment, we're not, we don't love if we're not telling somebody the truth, right? We got to let them know. We should warn them about what's ahead and, and, and what's coming. We should, I, I should, you should tell me, like, look, if you see a bad motive in me, someday when I get before God at the Bema seat, I, listen, I'm saved. God's, God's, uh, I, I'm going to heaven. I know that. And, and uh, I can't wait to get there. But if you see a wrong motive in me for some reason, there's pride in my life, I want you to mention that to me, right? And we'll have a talk about that because I don't want to come in before God and, and he'll say, man, I love the, that you went and did these works, but man, your heart was all messed up in that. Why was you wrong? You know, and, and for those who don't know Christ, there's going to be a judgment one day for those who reject God. It's in his word. We don't like that, right? That, that makes it tense up, that, that frustrates us sometimes. Some people really got a tough time with it. But there is judgment one day at the end. God's super merciful. This is the day of grace. He just waits mercifully for us to come. He loves us with an everlasting love. And he wants us to come. Love tells the truth. Tells the truth. I'm going to ask the praise team comes. And as they come, I'm going to ask if you'd stand. As I finish up this message, I, I want to leave a, a story with you. Because so many, so many wrestle sometimes with the truth, and so many wrestle with the judgment part of it, right? Uh, probably number one question I get asked uh, somewhere along the way is, how could a loving God judge people, right? How could a loving God send people to hell? How could a loving God allow people to go into judgment? And I read an article, and, and uh, this is from 2006, this article, it's an old article, but... Uh, it might help you understand more clearly um, the love of God. And, and it's, it's this, it, it's, it's entitled, God's Love and Wrath Go Together. Um, Miroslav Volf, I probably got his name wrong, but it's Miroslav Volf, a Christian theologian from Croatia, used to reject the concept of God's wrath. He thought that the idea of an angry God was bar barbaric, completely unworthy of God, uh, uh, of a God of love. But when his country experienced brutal war, people committed terrible atrocities against their neighbors and countrymen. The following reflections from Volf's book, Free of Charge, reveal his new understanding of the necessity of God's wrath. My last resistance to the idea of God's wrath was a casualty of war in the former Yugoslavia, the region from which I come. According to some estimates, 200,000 people were killed and over three million were displaced. My villages and cities were destroyed, my people shelled day in and day out, some of them brutalized beyond imagination. I could no longer imagine God not being angry. Or think of Rwanda in the last decade of the past century where 800,000 people were hacked to death in 100 days. How did God react to the carnage? By doting on the perpetrators in a, God, uh, a grandfatherly fashion, by refusing to condemn the bloodbath, but instead affirming that the perpetrators have some basic goodness? Wasn't God fiercely angry with them? Though I used to complain about the indecency of the idea of God's wrath, I came to think that I, have to re um, that I would have to rebel against a God who wasn't wrathful at the sight of the world's evil. 
God isn't wrathful in spite of being love. God is wrathful, be, wrathful because he is love. He is love. He is patient. He is merciful. He, he, he's going to wait to the end of the age. The word of God, Jesus said, I, I, he said, I'll literally let the, the wheat grow up with the tares. Those who reject me, I'll let them grow up with those who don't reject me and, and, and give them time and space. But there will come a time. We've got to tell people the truth. We've got to speak truth. We've got to tell them the truth. Amen? We've got to tell each other the truth. Love tells the truth. God, God loved us first. He loved us best. But he also expects us to tell the truth. He expects you to live like a conqueror and, and to walk in that, and to walk in that faith and that strength. But he also expects us to tell the truth. So this morning, uh, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to just slide out of your uh, seat. Come forward a little bit towards the front. If you're at home listening online, you can stand up if you want. You can maybe near where you are, unless you're in your car. Please don't do that. Um, but we want you to just take your time and some time and pray. And I kind of feel like this morning <clears throat> that there might be a couple of you struggling with telling somebody the truth. It's hard. Make your way forward if you can. Move up. Come on. Act like you like me. I know I sound a little froggy. It's okay. I promise you I'm way past where I was. Sometimes we struggle telling the truth. And we always got to do our love. Listen, never go tell somebody the truth if you're angry. Don't go try to tell them the truth if you're just trying to get back at them. Right? The Word of God says that Jesus looked at this man and genuinely loved him cared about him. If you can't look at him in love, then you got no business going to him, all right? You got to get yourself straight first, because you'll stand before God for that one, all right? Um, when you walk in, in, in somebody's life and you're going to speak truth, make sure you check your heart first. Make sure you're coming with the right attitude. Make sure you got her straight, right? Sometimes I've, gone, I've had to confront people, and I've gone to somebody else that I know is wise spiritually, and I say, look, am I right in this? Make sure it's not me, right? Make sure I got this straight in my head and according to God's word. But once you get that straight, then go speak truth to somebody. Go tell them. Do it with love. Do it with care. That's how Jesus did it. But let them know. We don't know what happened to this rich man. I don't know if, if he ever left go of what had his heart or not. I hope he did. It was too late to follow Jesus at that point in, in a physical sense. I don't know, but we got to speak the truth. And for some of you, just know this, you are more than a conqueror in Christ. You might feel a little beaten down. You might feel wore out, right? But I'm telling you, you're coming off the field as a champion. You can't, we can't lose. Do you know that? Do you understand that with Jesus? It doesn't matter what they do to us. We can't lose. We can't. It's impossible. That's awesome. I don't know if it makes you happy or not. I don't know if we're up to doing high fives yet, but it's true. It's true. So let me just ask you to bow your heads. You know where you're at. You know what God spoke to you during this time. Father, I come to you right now. Lord, um, God, I pray, God, that you would just begin to touch and minister. God, I pray that, um, God, right now, you would speak into hearts and lives. Lord, there's some here. They're struggling with telling a loved one or somebody close to them the truth. It could even be a coworker. It could be a friend. 
and they need to hear the truth. They need somebody to speak in their lives. They need somebody that's going to tell them straight so that, and not to harm them, but Lord, to raise them up. God, to restore them. God, to take them to the next level, God, in life. God, I pray that you would just touch them. God, that you would speak into them. Give them the courage and the strength to know that we are more than conquerors. God, that you've placed us here for one another to speak into one another's lives. We don't come as the judge. We're not the judge. God, Lord, you're the only one that's the judge. We just come speaking truth to each other. And Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. And God, I pray for the one here, God, who's been walking in defeat. And God, who's not, Lord, been walking in a way that is more than a conqueror. Lord, today, God, I pray, Lord, I, I, God, I feel it's in particular for those who are listening online. God, I pray, Lord, that someone out there, Lord, that they understand that if they are in Christ Jesus, they're more than conquerors. They need to stop looking at what's going on around them. And, and, and Lord God, laying their um, future, laying their, their, even their position in you, God, based on what's happening around them. Lord, that is not a direct indicator. God, it is who we are in you that is a direct indicator of being a conqueror. So, Lord, help us to walk like conquerors. Help us to step with confidence. Lord, we just give you praise and we give you glory and honor today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.